again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. We got a big one for you today, our annual Oscar nomination prediction episode. Uh, it's it's going to be surprising. It's going to be full of excitement. It's going to be weird because the lead up to this point has been weird. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. The lead up has been weird. Both of us are very weird this off this whole season, <laughs> this whole year. We're quarantined. We're cabin fevered. I mm-hmm. have Meemaw hair. You are... I have the fat suit. No, but you have the Mufasa <laughs> hair. Like, you... My God, like, you should win makeup and hairstyling yourself. Like, if Punditry you. had uh, makeup and hairstyling <laughs> awards, you would win. And I would get the Razzie. But I think... Uh, <laughs> I think we have been in just a mood swings throughout this season, Mike, and we've had fun with some of it. I think the last, you know, the December January movie crop, that last wave of movies, there was there was a lot to love there. We gave a lot Agreed. of rave reviews, so I, I think that definitely saved your film years. For me, you know, I was able to you know dig deep and, and find a few more gems, which uh, you had no. You had no tolerance to, to do along with me throughout this year. So I think I've been a little more positive throughout. But I do think I do think at the end of it, we have some movies that we really want nominated. So that just raises the stakes on us again. Because we, just like it always happens this time of year, the, those movies that we really start holding up the phone finger in the air for, they're, they're kind of falling away now. And we're exactly. kind of upset. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's weird that like, this is, I don't know, the second or third year in a row that we've been doing this, that like these late breaking pictures, even in this elongated 14 month calendar, 16 month mm-hmm. calendar, if you release in December, you, you're not that strong of a best picture candidate. At least if you're, I mean, right now we're talking about like trials of the Chicago sevens and nomad lands. And those are the ones that we kind of think are being put ahead of the pack in terms of best picture. Whereas Judas and the black Messiah and soul and Ma Rainey's have fallen back a little bit. If they're even going to make the best picture conversation at all. No, we did the research project in the fall. Mm-hmm. Did we do it before the pandemic? I think we did it just before the pandemic, right? Because we wouldn't have done it after the pandemic. Yeah, I think it was a quarter one thing. Yeah, after the calendar didn't matter anymore, mm-hmm. <laughs> we wouldn't have done this whole stupid thing. Anyway, we might have. <laughs> no, I we we looked up every single Best Picture nominee, every single Best Picture winner, and we recognize kind of why Hollywood tends to shape their award seasons the way they do. And upon a release date, and we did find that December ruled the day, but it was something that didn't rule the day recently. We saw the November and October crowd, uh, and maybe early December release dates in some cases, kind of win the day in these recent award seasons. So this is a re- you know the Hollywood does it 
you know, because of historical precedent, they don't necessarily do it because of recent precedent. But uh, I mean, there's those long roots on why they do things the way they do, you know. And now right. everything's thrown to hell because everything's streaming. There's a pandemic. I mean, throw throw it all out the window. There's everything. There's a yeah. plus. There's a plus at the ev- end of every studio's name now. My goodness. <laughs> and uh, as much as we have cabin fever, I think some of the precursors did too. Because if you've been listening to us throughout the uh, the lead up to Oscar nominations day, I mean the Baftas. The BAFTA Independent Spirit Awards, yes. Bizarre. (laughs) The Golden Globes, when those noms came out, were full of derision and criticism. Uh, The Critics' Choice would seem to be pretty much as planned, but I don't know that anything else outside of that has. But okay, this is what we're concentrating on today. We're going to be giving 20 categories worth of previews. We are, uh, of course, the two sound categories have combined into one, so that takes up uh, what used to be 24, that's down to 23, and then the three live-action categories we're going to have some words for at the end of this. Uh, But I will not be giving official predictions for that. I don't know if you plan on doing so, Michael. No, I'm just going to kind of... Go go in for some rooting interests, and mm-hmm. and I'll burn it all down if a certain <laughs> short film or three don't get nominated. Just FYI, we have that to look forward to. So come for the picks and stay for the irrational anger based on nothing. Let's start with the biggest category, and a couple of the big categories will have big questions attached to. We will start with best picture. Uh, the biggest question I had, Mike, and maybe it's not one that a lot of people are focusing on, but just going down the card of my predictions, and I know yours too, uh, how in the world can either one of us honestly keep the father out of our best picture picks? So this is a question that governs the category because I think it uh, encapsulates a lot of issues with the best picture category. They are changing best picture next year to go to a flat 10. Mm-hmm. And I do think if we had a flat 10, we would have to, you know, we would have at least one more movie that we really, really liked in here. We're going to talk about the, the rest after we go through our big eight, I guess we'd say. Uh, but I, I, yeah, The Father is a movie that, in a lot of punditry circles is showing up in their big eights, but it's certainly something whose resume doesn't necessarily stack up into the quote-unquote big eight. So this is a question here, Mike, of are we getting eight, nine, ten noms when we talk about the father here? So I had the father out originally, and I had eight noms for my best picture field. Yeah. But after I filled out the rest of my card, I realized that I ended up giving the father two acting noms, a screenplay nom, an editing nom, and a technical category. That's a better resume than Ford v. Ferrari had last year, and it was a Best Picture nom. It's basically the exact same resume Green Book had when Green Book won Best Picture a couple years ago. Yeah. Add to that the fact that the Academy has found their way to nominate nine films in the Best Picture category six times in the past nine years, I did end up putting The Father into my lineup of nine. I have nine selections for Best Picture. Well, I'm glad for you because I wanted to do the same with uh, with another movie in particular, but I just couldn't pick it based on quote-unquote resumes. And again, how much is that going to matter this year, resumes? We're looking mm. at you know the, the Golden Globes and the BAFTAs. One is currently disgraced, and the other is previously disgraced, (laughs) and one's voting body is in question, uh, finally, and the (laughs) others, they didn't even allow their voting body to vote except for Best Picture, and that comes circles back to the father, and they actually chose, the British Academy Film and Television, they chose... The Father, as one of their five white best film nominees, after it's all so that, it's so bizarre after they to rely on the Baftas, the dozen jury members <laughs> in each category, and they got this this gorgeous 
group of nominations everywhere. They picked they had they let their academy do one category, five pictures, and they're all white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how surprising we didn't even notice. That no, we didn't episode. bring that up on our bat. Yeah, but it's right. the truth. And oh my god. Maybe that was their plan all along to keep us all, you know, weary and, and weighted and just dozy from all the other picks they had so they can sneak that best picture feel through. But, yeah, that's uh, that's ind- indicative of other things. But I'll tell you what. I mean, the more I look at those BAFTA noms, like, the happier I am just in general. Like, I think it's a cool thing they did. I just wish they, I wish they can get their academy to do that. So... We're going to have a lot to talk about. Like, how much do you factor the BAFTAs? How much do you factor the Globes at all, if at all, you know, throughout this card? I, I'm i a creature of habit, I guess, and I'm still going to factor some things in um, mm-hmm. to how I stack things up. I'm definitely going to be a, a resume slave here. But at the same time, what's ultimately going to uh, choose my best pictures is that I I didn't have the same you know tally that you will for your nine and ten pictures I did not have it at all so I am going to go with eight today and not ten or not nine for that matter Uh, and and I think it's going to boil down to this one set decorators society of America awards Mike again as usual (laughs) uh, because uh, the father did not show up over there and i think production design was one that i wanted to go with and i'm probably not going to go with there but that's just you know again it is a marker for what's going to happen down the card and i like that you you know you referenced your own tally and and i do the same but i'm yeah and that's i mean you you're kind of giving it away i do have it in on production design and if i didn't have it carrying that tech i don't know that i would have put it in so yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense and yeah i'm assuming things and as we all know (laughs) <laughs> I, I did. I took that quote. I'm, God. I'm, I'm, you, you were mad at me in the pre-production. I'm gonna no, go I'm, I was happy. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're sticking to your guns here. Assumptions are dangerous things to make. And like all dangerous things to make, bombs, for instance, or strawberry <laughs> shortcake, if you make even the tiniest mistake, you can find yourself in terrible trouble. That, of course, is from the wise mind. Those would be my words of wisdom today. Lemony Snicket. Lemony Snicket. <laughs> gets the quote atop our episode could have sworn that was don madden if he said that all right so let's go through it mike what are the sure things right now for best picture strangely enough i think there are three absolutely sure things nomad land the trial of the chicago seven and minari i yep. think they got the resumes to prove it i don't necessarily think we need to get into them i think they're in both our lists right Yes, absolutely. Now, i'm not sure that you're sure about this one but i am sure about promising young woman are you sure i'm I'm sure as long as I don't study where, where I have it and don't have it on the rest of my card, which of course means absolutely nothing, because uh, again, unless, like when we were predicting the Golden Globes, unless I'm 100% right, <laughs> which I'm not going to be, it doesn't really matter where I have it stacked up, but yes, I would be surprised come Monday to not see Promising Young Woman in the Best Picture category. Yeah. So Nomadland, Chicago 7, Minari, and Promising Young Woman, they all, all four of them got Globe, Choice, BAFTA, PGA. They mm-hmm. all have some presence at SAG, even though Chicago 7 is the only ensemble nom of that bunch. But to me, that resume is kind of undeniable. I would be surprised not to see them there. Are they my Agreed. top four? No, but they're, all right. So they're four of your Best Picture noms. Okay, the next one to talk about is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I think. And some pundits, uh, they're saying Ma Rainey's a little more vulnerable here. I almost said Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is a little more vulnerable here. 
And then I almost shut up and didn't say it, but then I did say it. Wow. I'm surprised. Again, just happy you're sticking to your guns here. Well, we're late in the award season, and that's the first time we've made that very inappropriate joke. This is just shockingly inappropriate joke. Michael, yeah. uh, we have a lack of a Golden Globe nomination uh, in Best Picture Drama, and we have a lack of a BAFTA Best Picture nomination. What a surprise. And again, that Academy, that British Academy, for my Rainey's Black Bottom. So we see yeah. some holes in their resume. We've seen films like this in the past kind with major contenders and major categories, like Itania, for instance, get thrown into the performance piece lane. Now, I think there's enough craft support in this particular year. Ma Rainey still has it. I do think the WGA nom's a good sign. Again, Agree. a lot of the crafts and techs, guilds, WGA, I, I, there's a lot of support for Ma Rainey there. It's not only contending, but it's probably winning uh, the, uh, the best actor. So Ma Rainey's my fifth. I have that in there as well. I'm heartened by the uh, WGA adapted screenplay nom like you are. I'm also heartened by the fact that it has a lot of support in two of the biggest branches of the Academy because they're, I think, going to carry two lead performance nominations on the night. Uh, that's, that's a show of support, and I think it's going to carry a screenplay as well, so it's got support from the writer's branch too. I have it in my nine. So we have Ma Rainey as five. If you continue to let me drive this bus and drive it off the cliff, I will. So Mank... <laughs> <laughs> Mank is my sixth. Now, Clayton Davis, who uh, we, we reference all year, he has Mank as his ninth. A lot of people are reporting a lack of industry enthusiasm for Mank. But then, of course, it's nominated just about right. everywhere. With all the guilds, most of the critics, and whatever the hell the HFPA is, Mank is nominated, Michael, and it's predicted to be nominated for these Oscars. So, to me, it feels like an inevitability to me, it's going to show up all across the card, even though I think in another year you could make the argument that it doesn't necessarily feel like that best picture pick. It doesn't even feel like the Irishman nomination pick if you get past the reading of the award season and you get and if you get into looking at the, the type of film it is. But reading that award season, I would say that, you know, there's just there's just an argument that the BAFTAs Maybe not rain, you know, showering Mank with as many awards. You know, you make that anti-BAFTA argument there, and I, I just think there's, there's just too much going for Mank that I can't put Mank in in here with my six. Do you have Mank? I do have Mank. It's going. I have it leading my nominations, as yeah. a matter of fact, and oh, I also yeah. have it as the only movie that has double-digit noms. And it's not. I mean, I could see it going. You know, one for ten, doing what the favorite did a couple of years ago. I could see it that type of situation, or going with the Irishman, that type of thing. Uh, I, I just, it's, it's an Oscars puzzle thing. It's going to be in so many categories. I can't imagine it doesn't show up in Best Picture. But I echo the sentiments of a lot of people. I can feel the lack of enthusiasm for it. I'd be more surprised to see Promising Young Woman not make the Best Picture field than I would Mank. I think that's fair to say at this point. Wow. So yeah. I... I, I kind of have it down my card when I should have it as the number two or number three contender, and I think you're you're feeling the same way. So yeah. now I'm wondering, based on what uh, things you've texted me, if here's where our lists kind of depart ways or not. So we kind of talked about the father. So that would be seven for you, correct? Correct. So I don't have the father. Okay. I have two movies from Amazon. Because I do think Amazon 
is probably a, a major player this year, and I'll just say it. I have One Night in Miami, and I have Sound of Metal, and I don't feel great necessarily about either of them, even though personally I really enjoyed both of them, and they would probably be you know, in contention for my best of the year list. I know that, in fact, there are contentious for that list. That will, 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 Mike. We're gonna do a best of the year top ten list in May, in April this year. What are we? Uh, how did this happen to us? <laughs> Mike, Mike, and Oscar, sir, in, 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 in May. It's a, anyway. All right, kick so, off the summer with the Mike, Mike, and Oscars award show. One night, Miami has a strong resume, but it does have holes. PGA choice, yes. Globe, it did not get best drama. SAG ensemble. Bad BAFTA showing for One Night Miami. Sound of Metal, PGA, Choice, Globe and SAG, just Riz Ahmed. BAFTA, Riz, and Racy, but no real um, no real best uh, pe- picture composition awards. I think uh, there's a couple, but not a great showing at BAFTA. So how do you see those two? I put Sound of Metal in and One Night Miami I did not have in. Uh, you echo some of the reasons why no NBR top 10, no golden globe, best picture drama one for six. I think on the critics choice, even though critics seem to be the most enthusiastic about it, Regina King, no DGA nomination. The two things it does have going for it to suggest it is a best picture nom is that it does carry both the SAG ensemble and the PGA best picture nom. Yeah. There's a couple holes I can poke. Uh, there's only been four times since 2000 has every SAG ensemble nom ended up as an Oscars best picture nom too. But obviously, we don't. I don't think you have the five bloods in your best picture category, do you? No. So that's already that's being accounted for, even if you wanted to include one night in Miami. Um, but the odds are even worse if you go for PGA best picture noms. Since 2000, there has annually been at least one film nominated for the PGA's best picture, the Producers Guild, that misses best picture category at the Oscars, and then to top it all off. There's actually been eight times since the year 2000 that a film has been missing from the Oscars Best Picture film that landed both SAG Ensemble noms and PGA Best Picture noms. Mm -hmm. So that's almost once every other year at this point. Again, the DGA is kind of the glaring omission for me from Regina King, even though she actually ends up in my director field. Uh, It's just more of a fitting things in and looking at the resume of where I think these nominations fall. I omitted One Night in Miami. I don't think you're necessarily out of bounds to do so because we have not seen the Amazon Prime original Amazon original movie track record yet, even though I think that they should be flexing their muscles this season. They did get some resumes for both films, even if it's not necessarily that surefire resume that we would feel comfortable putting higher up on our power rankings here. But I do think I come back to this feel argument for One Night in Miami. It feels like a best picture in other years. It feels like that B-plus, strong 88, 89 movie that is nominated in usual years. Every time I come back to that film and when we reviewed it with further study, we really enjoyed it, the both of us. So Yeah, and it feels similar to a lot. I mean, I'm having a tough time corralling this. Look, there were a bunch of movies that are in this conversation that I don't have a lot of personal appeal to me. I I don't know that I would watch them purely for entertainment, but they all do feel similar. So I wouldn't be surprised if I am, like, way off. Because One Night in Miami, Sound of Metal, Minari, these all feel the same type of movie to me. In that, you know, the the lessons and how I can see them appealing to the Academy and all that type of thing. So I would, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to feel, or to find myself, I should say, being off on this well, I think we've been gun-shy for a lot of the season, 
regardless, even though we've had some strong opinions. But I think the reason being is we've seen a lot of these and we've graded a lot of these movies on the same tiers, on the same levels. I don't think necessarily that's a, a tier that usually gets this undeniable must-nominate mainstream Oscar-level kind of thing from us. And I, th- I do think we're 10... We, like, if we're music critics, we're John Cusack from High Fidelity. We're Jack Black from High Fidelity. We're <laughs> pop music critics, you and I. We just tend to be that way. We like the popular choices. We have a few niches that we love. I think yours is horror. I think I get, you know, nerdy about some things, and I will later this episode. But, Mike, I do think... I do think One Night Miami still like falls into that category for me, even though I, I agree with your resume arguments. And I, I wonder, like I, I, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if it would be the eighth nom in a previous year for you necessarily, or I, I don't, I don't know how you can use the, I don't know how I can use the historical arguments for some and not others. But like this is just going to be an exercise in hypocrisy for the next hour anyway. Oh yeah, I have a lot. I have a ton of things where I use I'll use a line of thinking for one category and then go completely against it. And look, I mean, yes, that's as much our fault as it is. I think this precursor season is to blame too, to be honest, because like either the Baftas want us to take them seriously as a precursor or they don't. Either the Globes want us to take them seriously or they don't. And I don't. It's it's a weird land for us where we're kind of like grasping at straws because two of the four main pillars we rely on are. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Well, you know, the Globes, of course, they were going for the, all the ratings. There's That was just a money grab, and that, that really paid off for it. No. Look, I, all right. First of all, let's get into what you replaced One Night in Miami with, because you said you had nine coming yes. into this? Yes. So here's, so here's uh, all, my, all my best picture noms uh, carry at least four nominations each. I have Promising Young Woman and Sound of Metal with four each. Uh, Minari, we talked about. I have six, along with The Father, which has six. Nomadland has seven. Ma Rainey has seven. Trial of Chicago, seven, has eight for me. I have Mank that has 12 right now, Mm -hmm. which I was even surprised at, which looking at ways to cut down. Uh, The ninth on my card is Judas and the Black Messiah, which I carry uh, five noms with. That's, uh, That's personal preference as much as it is hope, as much as it is it's going to win one of the performing categories. I do think it ends up nominated as it did at the WGAs in one of the screenplay categories. If it can squeak out another surprise nom somewhere, which I actually have it showing up, I think you can make a case for it. I don't know that I expect it to happen, but it was one of my favorites of the year and I'm being selfish. So if I'm voting, if I have a ballot, I'm voting for Judas and the Black Messiah. If it is, you know, if I'm putting my prognosticator's hat on, my pundit's hat on, I'm I have Judas as my ninth or my tenth, probably my tenth if I'm honest. And if it if it's my top ten films of the year, you know that was a movie that won me over upon study, upon further uh, rewatch, and it's in my top ten films of the year. So I I want to agree with you. I just feel like this is kind of a year where we got a lot. We've got ten through fourteen with similar resumes, with similar support. And would it shock me if WB came storming back after things kind of solidified with their Oscar season, just with their release slate in general. I mean, they didn't make a decision to release their whole slate until when, you know, in the middle of winter, Mm -hmm. the middle of this dark winter. So they didn't really get their schedule together 
uh, until much later. I mean, they were thinking Tennant was going to be their awards player for a while, and it was buoying up their business, and maybe Wonder Woman, because the last one was close, knocking on the door. So now Mm -hmm. they kind of... Uh, backed into Judas and the Black Messiah as their major awards player at the end of the day, and I don't. Th- I think they're happy about that. They're that movie overperformed for them to get the PGA and the Choice Ensemble, but I don't think it was necessarily campaigned like a, a major Oscars contender until kind of that Sundance maneuver that they did at the end. So to say that Judas and the Black Messiah could be a late breaker and that that quintessential late breaker that we always talk about getting noms after not in the previous uh, award season precursors. I could totally buy that. I'm just, I just, I, I don't know. I kind of, it's somewhat having faith resonance. in the Academy. It's somewhat having faith in the Academy too. And just believing the acting branch, which is the biggest branch of the Academy is going to fall in love with the Kaluuya and the Lakeith Stanfield performance and yeah. believing that the writing branch comes to, I mean, you know, it, it's, it, you have to do a lot of theorizing and postulating with this. That's why they're predictions in the first place. Right. And like you said, the, our, our reasonings and logic is certainly going to change and be amorphous as we go on down the card here. And I, I mean, I'm willing to admit it's personal bias. I would love, I would be over joy to see judas make the uh the best picture field but that being said i still gave it a legit i mean best picture is its fifth nomination if you take right. best picture away it's still i have it as four other places on the card only one of which i think is a reach so i'm i'm rooting for you i don't have it down the card as many times as you do so that's probably why i'm not you know i'm not rushing to nominate it here but then again i kind of left one night in Miami out, but I mean, according to the pundits, according to a lot of the, you know, people how they're ranking things. One night in Miami's on the cusp. It's like that fifth or sixth for a couple categories. So, you know, it's it, it, so is Judas and the Black Messiah for that matter, especially according to the pundits. Even though it's not, you know, with the resumes necessarily. So th- that's going to be fascinating to watch. I, 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 that's why I'm glad we kind of power rank these the way we did because, you know, there's a, there's a big five a big six this year it's i don't think it's necessarily the big eight like i thought it was going into today so who of the the pga 10 do you have out borat and judas and you have i have borat two and judas as my pga out and the other eight are all pga noms The, the eight you have are all pga noms yes See, that's what I, and I, I mean, you could be entirely right but i'd really try to focus on that too because it's just the guild getting everything is just so rare on a year-to-year basis that I try to pick around that too. But, I mean, for this type of year, who knows? I would not be surprised at all to hear that you get it 100% exactly. I I hope I'm wrong at the end of the day, but I do think that the one year I, I did uh, the eight, I think they got eight. Anyway, I don't remember. But I did, I did all the nominations out, and they had a 90% crossover at the end of the year for the last right. 10 years, the PGA. Yep. So we're saying no Borat 2, we're saying... Uh, we're split on Judas to five bloods. Say la vie. That's that sucks. That the five bloods for a lot of the superlatives of that film is not going to necessarily do as well as uh, I would hope. At least news of the world, a crowd pleaser, but choice and WGA. Mike just never not, really had a moment. Never had a moment. Um, I don't know how many. I haven't heard from people who watched it and loved it. I love talking about it with Colby. We tried, I mean, there was like three award shows so far where our our a summation of news of the world was basically, well, it's happy to be here with this many noms. That's not a good sign. That was not a good sign. Now, <laughs> what was a good sign is soul worked on us the way soul worked on us. And it oh seems man, to I have, wanted to put it in so badly. Seems to have its categories. And if it showed up in PGA, it was going to be 
in my yep. ten all day long. Same here. But no, I can't. I can't go there with it. Palm Springs, Choice Comedy winner, Globe Comedy, WGA, and I had its moments throughout awards award season, probably more than it you know hoped for as a Sundance darling coming out. So, but probably not uh, another round. Uh, EFA, BAFTA, big day at BAFTA for another round. And this could be maybe that Cold War pick that it does better at the Oscars than it did elsewhere. Maybe it's a late breaker, but how could it be a late breaker necessarily when it came out so early and everybody got a chance to sit with it? So, yeah, I mean, the counter arguments to me were just stronger. But I do think the reason I went with the eight, Mike, was because, like, there's passionate support for all of these but there's probably in my mind not enough passionate support for one of them to get enough of the votes so that's why i figured this year was uh, reminded me of 2018 where there was like four or five films that really had a resumes and b you know you could see the passionate support for them but who's gonna you know get enough of that support to get enough of the votes Mm. Again, it's not, that's why I'm, it's, my, it's going to be rationale. fascinating. And you're right. I don't know that we have uh, even for the top of the card. I don't know that we have anything other than a big one, to be honest with you right now. <laughs> the big one. I think like, it's Nomadland and everyone's chasing it. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, against that. And I, I think you're probably right. So my argument could probably go just as well for 10 as it is eight. So if we do get a 10, I'm, I'm happy because Judas and the Black Messiah or the father or, or movies like them are in. Um, do, do you, do you expect to see 10 or you kind of, are no. you, you have, you have the nine as a number locked in because six out of the last 10 years, nine yes. came, came up, right? Six out of the last nine years. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I did. I don't yeah. expect 10. I, I, I expect it to be either eight or nine. The last time it was 10 was 2010, right? With mm-hmm. that, and it was a special 10. All right. So mm-hmm. not until next year again, best director, Michael. So the big question here is who of Lee Isaac Chung, Emerald Fennell, and Regina King gets left out of the dance. And I say that because I feel like Chloe Zhao, Aaron Sorkin, David Fincher, I feel like those are locks for noms for the director category. I wish they were not locks, mm. just as personal preference. Um, I do think Chloe Zhao and David Fincher make sense in a year like this one. I, I do, I, I'm excited that Chloe Zhao's running away with it because we've loved her career. We reviewed The Rider last year. And we think the world of her can't wait for the Eternals or Eternals. And David Fincher was kind of a, a highs and lows argument, but the highs are high. And, you know, this, the narrative works and we're fans of Fincher for sure. We're fans of Sorkin. I'm a sor- pronounced Sorkinite, but I just I, I have major issues with that film and the composition of that film and the structure of that film. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I mean, there's I think they're they're reasonable complaints, too, but I, I it would be shocking to see him omitted from the Oscars shocking. field at this point. They all have Globe, Choice, and DGA. Now, Fincher and Sorkin were left off of BAFTA, but I do think that was a jury category as far as I know. So even Chloe Zhao, 12 people, any 12 people is probably going to pick her right now, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter. So she's there. She's running away with this category. We don't have to spend as long on it. But I do think you're right. I think we're looking at the last two spots – and I think you can make any kind of argument here because there's a lot of worthy nominees. So who do you have in your last two? I went with Lee Isaac Chung, uh, partly because of Minari's momentum, partly because of resume. He's got BAFTA, Critics' Choice. He was a DGA pick. Uh, I don't think there's any film that's got more momentum right now with any voting bodies uh, like Minari does. I think yeah. it's white hot, and it's a very Academy-esque movie that I can see uh, having a good day for itself come Monday. Uh, the other spot, 
I was basically hedging my bets against one night in Miami, not being in the best picture category. So I went with Regina King and it was kind of a tiebreaker. I mean, look, I know she doesn't have the DGA and that's part of my reasoning to keep her, keep one night in Miami out of best picture. Mm -hmm. But by the same token, I think the critics liked promising young women the most and the Academy clearly there are portions of it that still have issues with accepting such radically feminist movies. And you have to look no further than that. I think, in my opinion, gross letter that one senior Academy member sent to Eliza Hitman as to why he wouldn't even watch never rarely, sometimes always. Mm. So I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous for Emerald Fennell here. And that's kind of what I was hinting at to start this episode. When I say, if I look at where I omitted promising young woman, I get a little more scared for its best picture chances, but head to head Fennell against Regina King. Well, we know the Academy loves Regina King, right? And they're both new directors. I just figured they would go with the favorite here. The one they're more familiar with the one we know that they are more in bed with, so to speak. So I put Leah, uh, Lee Isaac Chung in Regina King in and Emerald Fennell is the one I left out. The highs are so high for Regina King in One Night in Miami as well. And other than one lull, in our opinion, we talked about it, in, in mm-hmm. One Night in Miami, I think that's an impeccably directed film. I think she directs actors so well. I think she stages that thing so well. I think that movie is electric for like 85% of it. And I, I'm thrilled with the overall composition minus the, the 15%. Right. So I, I'm totally with you on regina king and if she gets nominated i'm pretty happy and it's again it's not a debut for her she's so established in this overall industry right and with film and television blending together she has a huge career directing in tv never mind her acting never mind mm-hmm. her star power and we've seen in the past i mean if you rank and the directing category is tough to break in yeah, if you're brand brand new if if the debuts happen, they often happen with the star turned director, Kevin Costner, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So Lee Isaac Chung, it, you're going out on a limb to say that he's paid his dues enough necessarily to be there, but he got the DGA already. Emerald Fennell for me, I'm kind of a slave to the DGA right now. The fact that Regina King didn't get it makes me worry. And, you know, I, I, I didn't redo the DGA stats, but to me, as a personal preference, to me, as a, you know, I, I mean, I would rank Regina King and Emerald Fresnel ahead of Chung, to be honest, uh, just the way I see the movie. I think I would, too, to be honest with you. I, I, I love I, I love all three directing jobs, to be I to just be feel like Minari is such an academy. I feel like that appeals so well to the academy. It's just one of those, I have no evidence to back it up. It's an inexplicable thing, and I could be dead wrong, but I just, if there was one movie out of this field that I feel like the academy is going to be partial to mm-hmm. and be a tiebreaker towards I, I feel like it's going to be minari yeah and I, i'm with you there i think lee isaac chung does get it the bafta the choice the dga and he, and he got he got momentum at bafta so that was big emerald Fennell did well we'll see if it's big but emerald Fennell did not get bafta but she did get screenplay and she did get best film best feature at bafta i i just have a sneaking suspicion that promising young woman's a little more mainstream, even if it's a dark film, even if if it's effed up as a satire, as a kind of a callback to the crisis the industry went through when we started this podcast in 2017, mm-hmm. and the nightmare that the industry went through back there. And I do think it's 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 an indication of some progress, even though some people disagree with me that the the movie landed in terms of its themes. But that's that's okay. I think that's a a worthy 
I think that's a wor worthy debate to have. But I just, you know, just talking about the structure of the film, I'm with Emerald Fennell there. I, I think it's, I just, I, I have to just make a quality of, uh, quality of direction argument for Emerald Fennell. So she is my fifth, and unfortunately, Regina King, Spike Lee, Thomas Vinterberg, as I see, I, I kind of see them as the next three, Mike. Spike mm -hmm. Lee got the choice, plus he's got the, the career. He's just got so, the career. And so, like, I could, would you be shocked if Spike Lee and Defy Bloods had a good day? No, no, I almost put him in this category, as a matter of fact. I would totally be with it. I'd be happy that Spike Lee was there, We, we you know. We studied his. I mean, I went to college in New York, so I've watched. I love Spike Lee movies. I just, to me, this one had issues. Thomas Vinterberg, another round, BAFTA big day, and we've mm -hmm. seen the international director have big days and surprise nominations. Well, we've seen the international feature crossover to other categories in recent Oscars history too. Throughout our time podcasting, and then mm -hmm. Paul Polakowski getting a surprise nom. So again, I said it with. Uh, I said it with Ryan McQuaid, and if this is not hedging one's bets by just keep continuing to talk and mention other names. <laughs> I was going to say, you're really, you're really trying to. <laughs> yeah, Tom, but Thomas Vinterberg seems like a possibility. Anyway, Martyr from Sound of Metal, Florian Zeller from The Father, Shaka King, Greengrass, Nolan, Wolf, Reichert. I'm still going with the DGA5, and I'm glad you went with King. You're betting against history. Only two times since 2000 have the DGA5 and the Oscars Best Director 5 lined up exactly. Well, I uh, did not know that, but <laughs> I'm still not going to change it. Michael, let's go into lead actor. All right. Just how different does the lead acting five for the Oscars get from the Screen Actors Guild five? I don't think it gets different at all. I'm going with the SAG five. I went back and forth on this quite a bit, but I, I'm, I'm sticking with Chadwick Boseman, my Rainey's Black Bonham. I think he's winning it. Globe win, choice win, SAG and BAFTA. Anthony Hopkins. You. Got all four as well. Riz Ahmed got all four. The questions become Gary Oldman, Stephen Yun. I mean, I, I understand those questions. Yun only got a choice in a SAG. Gary Oldman was left off at BAFTA. I just a quality of performance argument. I, I do think Gary Oldman put a career best performance. That's, in my opinion, I think that's his best performance. Uh, and we've studied him throughout the, the last couple of years. And I do think... Steven Yun gives a great performance. I think he gives the type of performance that I tend to pick against in the past, that understated performance, the uh, that, that one that really gets to you that you think about afterwards. And I like the big showy one. So, I, you know, for me, and especially last year's Mike 2, I would probably put Delroy Lindo. But I'm, I'm going with Steven Yun. I think it's a historical moment to get an, an Asian – Asian man nominated in this category, long overdue. And I don't think that's lost on the Screen Actors Guild, so we'll see. Do you think there's any chance of Oldman fatigue? I had such a hard time putting him in. I just figured because of the precursors, I couldn't omit him. But, I mean, his name still does get brought up every once in a while alongside, you know, domestic violence allegations when talking about the Me Too movement. He did just win the Oscar for this category a couple years ago. Mank has lost a ton of momentum. He is, he is in the SAG 5, like you mentioned, but mm -hmm. it's it seems like the preference for Mank has been to give it more towards Fincher and the behind-the-scenes stuff more so than at least talking about the resume thus far in award season than to give it to Oldman and Seafried and, and, and that type of acknowledgement. It was really hard to pay attention to all you said because of the puns just flying through my brain <laughs> about his last name and the fact that you called it Oldman Fatigue. Do you think there's Oldman Ah, Fatigue? I see what you did yeah, there. Yeah, no, I just I, I just need to mention that. But the, 
truthfully, yeah, I think a lot of people are picking against him because of the lack of enthusiasm from Mank and because that is very clearly become, uh, you know, something we're celebrating for technical prowess. Now, I think he should be in there. SAG thinks he should I be. I have him in. You know, SAG has him in, so I, I went with him. So did, did you deviate from the five? I did. The only one I deviated. I have Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins. Those are the uh, the three that have all the precursors, Gary Oldman, as well as in there. I put Delroy Lindo in. I, I love that. And That's I think- one of my left field. I have two picks that are kind of out of left field. Uh, both of them are performing picks. And I you look, if there's ever going to be an actor's acting performance that gets recognized, yeah. I mean, he's an industry veteran. He had a moment where he dominated the conversation over the summer. He has worked in his career with a ton of high-profile people. He's obviously one of these vets that has paid his dues. I can see that all coming together. And despite his kind of lackluster resume, quote-unquote, this is still a performance that a lot of people want to see nominated. And yeah. he still gets talked about, even though he's had not as strong of a lead up to make the case for himself. And and all of that, you're, you're, you're of course referring to the award season itself in terms of the precursor. Yes. Love. And yes. It's, it's been, it's been a, a major, you know, about the top of every snub article mm-hmm. has said his name and it's for good reason. I, and I do think he's done a ton of press. Delroy Lindo is everywhere. Uh, I prefer him to be in the five, to be entirely honest with you. Mike. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said that didn't play. I mean, I, I you know, I have a tough time sometimes separating, yeah. especially in a year in which I am so frustrated by so much that is available for different reasons. I have a tough time separating my bias from or what I want to see happen versus what I think will happen. And I mean, that's, you know, that shows in our predictions. You're, well, you're certainly better at, at this kind of stuff lately than I have been. I have fallen into the same hole every year. So it would be very ironic if this year I actually dodged the hole and then the rest of it around it blew up or something like the anyway like look I have and you and you the both of us we've picked belligerently picked Tony Collette to the bitter yes. end and Lupita Nyong'o <laughs> yep. to the bitter end because we believe they should be there. Yeah. Delroy Lindo is kind of that for us this year. I mean, that's the performance that's been snubbed, that's infuriating to us this year. The the great angry, passionate, you know, muscular performance that we want nominated and it, I, I just, I'm picking against it this year. I think, and I'm learning my lesson this year. And of course, I'll get nominated and make me look <laughs> foolish. Michael Ben Affleck from the way back. The, the resume is not there. Just the choice. Tahar Rahim. I'm sorry, I skipped him by by accident. The Globe and the BAFTA. I love the performance in the Mauritanian. It's he's the best uh, of the Mauritanian, and I'm I'm sad to leave him off the list here. I, I think. Uh, I think Jodie Foster and him have some great scenes together, and I, I I came away with that viewing just thinking the world of him. But I just I wonder if there's enough time for him to, to get in. Mads Mikkelsen, Adash Garav, Tom Hanks, Lakeith Stanfield, Kingsley Benadire, John David Washington. The list goes on. They all seem to have one semi-major to major precursor nomination to their mm-hmm. names. It's just to me, it's just not quite enough. Well, there was a diverse field, certainly, of available for the actor category. Lead actress is kind of the opposite, I feel. And the big yeah. question I had for lead actress, does Andra Day make a history she'd rather forget? 
I mean, we all know the magic stats. The last and only time the Golden Globe Best Actress Drama winner didn't make Academy nominating was back in 1988, and it actually took the Globes ending in a three-way tie between Jodie Foster for The Accused, Sigourney Weaver for Gorillas in the Mist, and Shirley MacLaine for Madame Susatska for it to happen. <laughs> Shirley MacLaine missed the Academy category. There's never been a greater chance of it repeating itself than this year. Uh, Andre Day was kind of a shock Golden Globe Actress Drama winner, she followed that up by losing Critics' Choice to Carrie Mulligan and missing BAFTA's nominating entirely. So, Michael, walk us through this category for lead actress. So, Frances McDormand of Nomadland and Vanessa Kirby of Pieces of a Woman, they got all four precursors. Again, I'm kind of being a slave to the resumes this Is year. Is Kirby safe? I don't know if she's safe. I, I Anything, again, I've said it months ago, anything could happen in this category, even when I think nothing's going to really happen. And we're, we've kind of duked it out already i mean that's the way i'm looking at it right now but if you told me vanessa kirby and she had pieces of a woman this is unfortunately my only nom for it on right the night. same here so that that is a semi-rarity and i'm going to say the same thing about andre day in a second even though i think the united states of bit versus billy holiday should be a production design should be a costumes i, I don't think it's going to quite get it and it's unfortunate because it, it should get nominated in those areas i'm going with andre day i'm going with the fact that the academy queen said you know, they, they didn't have the SAG screeners in time. And she won the Globe. It was a big moment. The, the, the winning moments matter to me. Carrie Mulligan winning the Critics' Choice, that mattered to me. She's been looked at as a you know contender to win. She doesn't get BAFTA. Viola Davis does not get BAFTA. Now, did they choose of the next 10 even contenders did they choose well, that's, from that's that. where i land at with this cat like i don't know who the sixth person is right. i don't know who the biggest threat to those five are so i have the same five you do and i think it's kind of the universal same five if you actually go on gold derby mike and you look at the 17 experts who had changed or updated their predictions and lead actress since the golden globes were announced were finished since the golden globes award show all but two of them have this five, and the two that don't have this five replaced Michelle Pfeiffer. One was replacing Vanessa Kirby, and one was actually Michelle Pfeiffer replacing Carrie Mulligan. I would love to see Michelle Pfeiffer show up. She's one of Same the big Same here, but ten. nobody saw it. No, Nobody saw it. Not going to happen, I don't think. Comedy or a musical globe, that was all she got. Rada mm-hmm. Blank gets the BAFTA. Amy Adams, the SAG. Zendaya gets the choice and the tribute. But, like, these resumes don't stack up to the other five. And Yeri Han from Minari, she's been a Marina Di Tavera type of uh, pick from a few pundits. Sophia Loren, throughout the entire season, for both Scott Feinberg and our, our buddy Joey G- Gentili there, they've had, <laughs> you know, this... But she would have shown up. Like, she would have shown up at SAGs, right? Or she certainly at least would have gotten BAFTA nominated. So at the end of the day, we'll just applaud if somebody gets Sophia Loren right. Right. Sydney Flanagan, just the choice nom, I forgot to look uh, mention her, but I, I kind of think she's being overlooked and and again it's she's being overlooked because it's such a great category very strong performances one through five i just yeah. don't know who sixth even is i think amy adams got vetoed a little bit and i, I think <laughs> that's God. what happens well i think that's what happens <laughs> in these award seasons so i think like you get these performances vetted throughout the season and unfortunately bafta had an opportunity to all right if they had zendaya right they exactly. had amy adams or even sophia loren yeah I, i'm, I'm then with it's you. A, then it's more of a debate, but they didn't really do that. So could anything happen in the category? Yes. Do I think it's going to go boring 
I guess you could say, and, and go with the pundits, I do think those five. Uh, I'm with you. So we're, we're in agreement there. Uh, McDormand, Kirby, Kerry Mulligan, Andre Day, and Viola Davis. Let's move on to supporting actor. Question here, which nom can be the most calm when around horses? Or will Mike one forever be foiled and taunted by an adorable eight-year-old boy? All right. Can I just open this and say that we have not seen Calm with Horses yet, and we were not making fun of that movie we're making fun of each other and you not liking horse movies i have me. this history of not liking yeah, horse movies. Though, somebody yes. were, on twitter was like don't mock the, that movie no we can't mock the movie okay, we yeah, didn't see the yeah, movie no. i don't even know what it's about i just found out that it was on netflix the other day i'm looking forward to watching it the shadow of violence on u.s netflix so i'm gonna watch that totally assume it has something to do with a scavenger hunt it's uh it would be funny if it's just a casting couch and a horse comes in. no all right look we we have some ridiculous conversations on this show and that was at the nexus of most of them the other was of course the Alan Kim conversation that we had last episode Mike and that's kind of the nexus of this category right now it did alan kim win over the hearts of the academy fast enough with that critics choice speech to get in here with that bafta nom to get in here because if resumes prevail i do think there are a big three so let, let's establish the big three first and then that fourth one's probably i guess you could say all right let me talk about those big four daniel kaluuya seems to be winning this category yes leslie odom jr nominated everywhere just yep. like kaluuya Sasha Baron Cohen has one blemish. He did not get nominated at BAFTA. That was a big surprise, but he does have Globe Choice and SAG, most importantly, and he does have SAG Ensemble. Chadwick Boseman of The Five Bloods. We wonder if the consolidation already is happening, already happened, and BAFTA is an example of that. We've been talking about his two-nom consolidation going from two to one to focus to get him to win lead actor. Well, I don't necessarily know if that's even necessary at this point. I think no matter what happens in this category, Chadwick Boseman is winning lead actor. Yeah, so. and I think that's kind of a, been a change in the tide for both of us in the way we see this category and that because he seems to be such a given at this point that I, I think it's it, it's okay that he's nominated in supporting actor. And I didn't have him in at first, but because of that line of thinking, I actually think like you you and I agreed to before the show, it feels like more of an honoring of him and his talent and all he did if he is nominated twice, given that the lead acting performance, the one he should win for, is now looking like it's going to be the one he does end up winning the Oscar for. So I can see a, a lot of that line of thinking where if he's a given and lead actor, give him this second nod on the night as well, and let's have something extra to celebrate about the man who should be celebrated. So I, I just think it's too late, like you, I think it's too late for the the, the shift, like the consensus shift. And I had I a tough keep... time keeping uh, keeping Kim and Racy for that matter, because I think those two names are both white hot. Right. I, I, well, that's the thing. How hot can they get late yeah. here? I'm going to go with one over the other because I think his narrative plays on the Academy. I think the fact that he's been doing theater for the differently abled and for the hearing impaired in Hollywood for years and the fact that he's done so much press and that's gotten out, I think that's a great narrative. I think, I mean, how do you not get won over by that? So the fact that he got the choice and the BAFTA, the fact that he is in a movie that is in that screener pile that must be watched because Sound of Metal is a player everywhere. Yeah. 
I don't necessarily think this is a case where the critical darling, the, the Ethan Hawke performance just doesn't get watched or the, you know, the performance from the critical darling just doesn't get watched because that's the only one. I mean, we've talked about that in the past and that's a factor, but I do think Paul Racy gets watched in the screener pile. And if, if anybody rewatched it, I mean, that's just a hell of a performance. So I don't know. I'm taking a gamble. I'm going with the critics pick here. I'm going with Paul Racy as my fifth Michael how does you, so you have the big four i have the fit. big four and this is the other pick the other nominating pick that comes from a little bit of out of left field for me and it's it's one i actually really don't want to see uh but i can uh, talk myself into it just as easily i had alan kim and paul racy both in then i had one in then i had both in again and now i actually have them both out uh, i put Chadwick bozeman back in like i just explained the fifth for me, along with uh, Leslie Odom Jr., Daniel Kaluuya, and Sasha Barra Cohen, I put Frank Langella for Trial of Chicago 7. I it, <laughs> Look, I don't want to see it. Maybe it's an overreaction to the couple of picks I already have that I do want to see. But, I mean, industry veteran, guy who's paid his dues, blah, blah, blah. He only has one single Oscar nom in his career. He's nominated, could be nominated here in Trial of Chicago 7 for a movie that was tailor-made for the Academy. A movie yeah. which will be at or near double-digit noms, most likely on the night as is. A guy who was in other films the Academy loved, and Frost, Nixon, and Captain Fantastic had a couple surprise noms for both of those movies already. He's worked with people in the Academy with those movies already. I don't like the role. I don't like the movie. But uh, I, I, I can absolutely see if the same Academy picked Green Book to win Best Picture and is still writing letters in 2021 to Eliza Hittman saying I would have terrible movie and terrible premise never really sometimes always is this is kind of that it's me being critical of the academy more than anything is this pick so this is a fascinating pick and i think a lot of pundits have gone similar strategies with different names i know well let's just say feinberg's have david strathairn in his five Mm -hmm. all year so he's mm-hmm. hurt. He's hearing something from Nomadland, and I guess if people revert to a fifth name, they're, re- they're reverting to a name from a huge film, from a film that is getting watched. I think that's what you have to do. Like you can't. It's really tough to go like Jared Leto, even though he has a better resume. Because if that fifth slot, if it's going to be someone who doesn't win anyway, it's yeah. probably not going to be the lone nomination representing its movie. Maybe I'm too into it with film Twitter, but I just tend to think that Jared Leto got vetoed a little bit. I could, got yeah, I, I, I would bit. believe that, yeah. Now, would it be kind of fun and cool? Do we enjoy his performance and the little things? Yeah, so I, maybe he's the big star. Maybe it did, the consensus didn't have time to change. But I do think people look at this category and they're like, who the hell do I put as the fifth nominee? Because mm-hmm. Bill Murray seemed to get vetoed a little bit. And I yep. don't know if anybody's watching the On the Rocks trailer. Exactly. I thought Same reason. he should be here. I think... You know, if we had a pick, we'd probably pick him. Mark well, Rylance. This is, look, Mike, I mean, yeah. I'll be honest. Three of my personal top five have really no shot at being nominated. I mean, Bo right. Burnham, Bill Murray, and Mark Rylance. And somehow you put Frank Langella. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, so I mean, again, it's it's more me being critical of the Academy than anything else. Yeah. But look, they, they're going to end up loving that movie in a way that makes me angry. So why not here? I know yeah, it is. I mean, we both know. We assume it's going to happen. We've assumed it all year. Coleman Domingo, Glenn Turman, they're in my five, I think. Or yeah. Five and six, I think, on my board right now. I would have them the same, same way. And I just, yeah, I just, I think this category is strange, and I think people are going to do something interesting. Alan Kim could be the happiest version of this. Yes, I would agree with that. And I think that would be a cool moment, too, as much of a... We, we all know I don't actually hate him, right? We know it's an act. <laughs> 
Are we aware of this? What? I thought we established last week you were a monster. All right. Right. Supporting actress, Mike. This is another one that I I, I actually, we could have a 10-hour conversation on it. I actually don't have anything. So I don't know what the hell is happening with uh, supporting actress. Well, it's basically just, the only question I could come up with, because I feel like you, it is so out there, is just how weak does Mank feel to you right now? Do you have Amanda Seyfried in here or not? So I think I do not have her in here. Neither do I. I. I just, I just came to the realization that I think the winners and those winning moments at precursors, when it when it comes to an acceptance speech, I think the Screen Actors Guild watches that. And I think with a late breaker like the Mauritanian, Jodie Foster has to be picked for that beautiful moment, that career moment for her where she was guarded about her sexuality for for years mm-hmm. and rightfully so the the industry is a monster the industry yeah. is a nightmare and for her to have that moment next to her partner there i just i thought it was incredible i think if that doesn't touch your heart i don't know what it does well that you're still you're still making the argument for that fi- i mean we this looks like as much as it's up in the air this looks like there's four that people can come to a consensus to right <laughs> but yeah, fine but would you be shocked no. to see like two of those four no, out the same not at way all. we just saw it at bafta not at all not because at that's all. the thing like maria bakalova yu jun yoon they came through at bafta somehow and Glenn Close and Olivia Coleman were off BAFTA. Is that just a jury thing? Because they picked this like the, you know, the Ish Bobkosh Film Awards, <laughs> uh, the Ish Bobkosh <laughs> Critics Circle. San Diego Film Critics Society, by the way, had Frank Langella nominated in their supporting acting category. Look that up. You have your precedent, <laughs> and you could make your argument. I thought the bug-eyed performance was strange to me. I didn't like it. I would never pick it, even if. Uh, even if uh, you, 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 I have to let you lord it over me for the rest of the year. But all right. So do you have the big four then? I do. And I, I'll tell you, as far as winners, too, I know this is jumping the gun. I don't think we're out of the woods with Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy yet because it's such a so weird either. film and it's such I, a weird year. I think I'm later in the card. I'm going to confirm as much. But all right. So do you have Amanda Seedfried? Do you have Jodie Foster? Do you have somebody else? Because I this think is, you can make arguments. Yeah, this is the other one. You can make the easy argument. Um, and it's one that kind of fits my narrative of this running card so far. Is I actually went with Dominique Fishback. And yes, awesome. it's greedy and it's one I want to see. But look, she has the BAFTA nom now to her back. We don't know when consensus does build. Did it break enough? It's this kind of the same stuff we've been talking about so far. But I have a tougher time accepting Judas and the Black Messiah makes the best picture field just on the back of a supporting actor nomination and mm-hmm. a probable, I think, anyway, original screenplay nomination. And it makes its case a lot easier if Fishback somehow breaks through here as well. Uh, and so that's kind of what I went with. I think that fifth slot can be any. I mean, Jodie Foster has the better resume. But like you're saying, I think that fifth slot could be a litany of actresses. You guys, I've gone on the rants with Glenn Close before. You guys know why I... Look, I, I'm such a Glenn Close fan that I do not want her in. Right. Same I here. Don't, I do not want her <laughs> to get her We want again. her to win her Oscar for something we want to be happy for her about. Right. And I think that movie is the Antichrist. So, <laughs> look... Casually, I, casually dropping that in. I hope Dominique Fishback is in here. I hope, you know, Ellen Bernstein surprises her. Helen Zengel, which I thought, I thought she was terrific. And... Yeah. I thought Amanda Seyfried gave one of the coolest, slyest so performances of the last decade. I would love to see Amanda Seyfried there. Uh, just reading the reading the resumes again, 
I'm going with Bakalova, Yoon, Close, Coleman, and Foster. You're going with Fishback. Yeah, and fifth, I, look, but... I, I fully, I have in my notes, actually, I expect this to be Seafried's spot, but again, mm-hmm. for the narrative of, this is the difference between me having Judas in the best picture category and you not, right? I mean, it's it's kind of based on resume and filling in the blanks here. Yeah, and I, well, I, I, it's not like I have a resume for the Mauritanian, but I agree with you. I think... Uh, yeah, I but think Foster has a shot sense. at winning if she's there. If she gets well, voted in, she could win the category. We've seen Leslie Manville right. come in with Phantom Thread, and when Phantom Thread gets the, fifth, the five nominations on the day, yeah, we've seen this happen. So Dominique Fish, this is this has precedent, mm-hmm. and we've seen big nomination getters get more down the card with Marina Di Tavera, who we we just referenced. So I told I'm totally with you that it could happen, and anything could happen in this category. I said I had no comments. Why am I talking? Because <laughs> all I wrote down was who the fuck knows. And I saw that. <laughs> Not me. I don't know. Michael, adapted screenplay as we head into the rest of the card here. Yeah, so the question is, it's Nomadland, and then does it even really matter what's next to it? Again, I'm I'm surprised that Chloe Zhao is, is, is a frontrunner in so many categories. Same here. Night, but I do think she is. A Globe, BAFTA, choice winner. Ineligible for the WGA is that room for somebody else to take over. We saw that happen to Quentin Tarantino last year in the opposite category, so maybe it happens here, but... All right, so I have no idea who you rank second if you if you want to power rank this at all, but I've had one night in Miami there for a while. I bumped the father up ahead of it because the father now from Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller, Mike, Globe Choice BAFTA, ineligible at the WGA again to give that caveat to make the excuse for it. What do you have? Yeah, I, I, I see it kind of. I think the father one night in Miami and Ma Rainey are, can all be two to four. In the category, yeah. I think Nomadland I think is your definite there. one, and I see those other those next three as kind of on the same tier. So again, we're talking about what's your fifth entry? Uh, or do you have those four as your four too? They are in my four, and I was tempted to say that maybe if Ma Rainey's losing momentum, it won't be here. I was tempted to say that if One Night in Miami, maybe they, you know, I don't want to say that. I think One Night in Miami should win the category, for Christ's sake. And I think Ruben Santiago Hudson, who rewrote August Wilson, I, I think he should get credit there. I thought that movie was impeccably paced. Yeah, that's I what thought I'm that composition for. was gorgeous. I thought I thought the story played out, and it hit you like a truck but it, it, it worked really well it somehow so, was able to stay a stage play while being as cinematic as a movie can be i don't know how he did that i was extremely impressed and i think it should be there now would i be shocked if it wasn't if we got different picks here would i be upset if a kelly reichardt or even a sasha baron cohen got a nom here or if we got something like the white tiger which got a wga or a bafta or the mauritanian which got the bafta and you know you can respect that true story in the adaptation mike i'm gonna go boring though because this category pisses me the hell off every year and it's not to say i didn't enjoy the movie but i read the book and i kind of had issues with the book and i don't really i don't have it's just not a snazzy pick for me but i feel like this happens every single adapted screenplay news of the world choice wga i'm going with that as my fifth yep I have the exact same five, and I have it for the same reason. Just uh, basically being boring, and it's got the best resume, and it just kind of makes sense. And that's also why I was kind of implored to go off the reservation on a couple other categories, because I feel like some of these, I can't wrap my head around anything else being a possibility. And now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't be happy to be wrong, or that doesn't mean I still wouldn't be surprised, but... I. 
I have to see it to believe it. I would happily be wrong here. Like Emma is one of my favorite adapted screenplays on the on this year. I thought they did a brilliant job adapting that. The Life Ahead. I thought that script really worked. There's just so many other choices that I would go with personally. First Cow, Kelly Reich. I mean, again, you know, I would go with other directions, but I'm just predicting what they would go with, and they're probably going to disappoint me again because, of course, it ma- it's it's my opinion anyway. <laughs> All right, original screenplay. <laughs> We got a big question. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of the opposite of Adapted, because Adapted, we feel like there's really only so many possibilities here in Original. How many legitimate options does this field have for the five Oscar slots? Many. Legion. I mean, I could go 11 deep. 11, 12, no, 12 deep? Yeah, I I feel like that's that's accurate. I mean, there's, there's a ton that I feel like are qualified for one reason or another. And one reason is that a lot were ineligible at the, Mm -hmm. at the WGA, Mike, but okay. Uh, who do you think is safe? I have Promising Young Woman, The Trial of the Chicago 7, and yes, Mank as pretty safe. So I do think that the the fact that Promising Young Woman has all four in the choice win, Trial of the Chicago 7 has three, no BAFTA. If we're talking about Minari as being Minari mm-hmm. and being Academy-friendly and all that, I I, I kind of feel like that should be as safe as something like promising young woman at this point and well promising young woman may win so maybe that's too too strong but at least that second tier if this is if this category is between promising young woman and trial of chicago seven i feel like minari should be on manx level then let's say gun gun to my head i'm picking this category right now i'm picking minari yeah unfortunately i I mean emerald Fennell's script would be mine but i'm picking minari right now oh so you mean personal preference you would pick it Personal preference, I'm picking Emerald Fennell. Okay. If I'm picking the category to as predict. a pundit, gotcha. predicting, I'm predicting Minari yeah. as of now. But, I, I, yeah, so we have a big four. Now, Judas and the Black Messiah, WGA nom. Soul, uh, I think. I will never understand why it doesn't have more of a chance in this category. We against, wanted it. Against, like, I, I, even against Minari, to be honest with yeah. you. We wanted it. I think the Five Bloods with pundits has done well throughout the season and it's kind of sad that 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 you know those incumbents in a way don't necessarily have you know the the momentum for that film where it should be but all right never rarely sometimes always choice i'm rooting for eliza hitman here this would be a cool be category great. for her or rada mitchell who just picked up that bafta i did like the screenplay when i reviewed it with andrew the 40 year old version so that would be a really cool pick here another cool pick we're really the next two are cool another round or palm springs and uh, another round's got EFA love, one at the EFA, got a BAFTA nom, WGA nom for Palm Springs. So Yeah, and there's a blueprint for Palm Springs, too, and I, I almost picked it just to shake things up, but the, the Academy's on a streak of the last six years to have at least one nom in the original screenplay category that is the lone nom representing yeah. its film. Knives Out, First Reform, Big Sick, The Lobster, 20th Century Woman, Straight Outta Compton, and Nightcrawler. One year, as a matter of fact, they had two, uh, which yeah. were the lone reference. So, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's why we said this list of possible noms is really really quite lengthy i just think this year we have debuts we have those movies that typically would barely be considered we have them thrust into the main Mm -hmm. categories and i I think it's a it's a cool thing it's a good thing i think movies that i really love are involved here at least some of my top tier movies are involved here in particular so sound of metal is going to be my fifth Derek c on france darius martyr abraham martyr choice wga no bafta but how much does the bafta one matter necessarily with the jury so 
that's my fifth. I'm, I'm picking a big day for Sound of Metal, so it's one of those tally arguments for me, I guess. I, I know I've been biased throughout in, in talking about Judas and the Black Messiah, but in this category, I truly do believe Sound of Metal and Judas are a coin flip for that fifth slot. Wow. And you're, you're going with Judas? I, I picked Judas just because of preference. But I, yeah, I, I, you I mean, could, you could you could talk me into either one. Again, it's more establishing, uh, Ju- justifying Judas's best picture. If it has this resume that I'm saying it will have with these five noms in those categories, I think it makes best picture. All right, Mike, we have the undercard, and we've covered the hell out of the undercard throughout the year, and I think we want to go a little faster for it. But, you know, go back, and we, we've done some breakdowns on the guild noms, and uh, – I think it, it was a lot of fun for me in particular. I don't know for you, but I think I, I got you. I got you excited about a couple. Yeah, of I, look, I love the horse race aspect of, of the award season, yeah. regardless of who the horses actually are. We probably need to find a different animal for that analogy. <laughs> the dog race? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. The tortoise and the hare. Right? Yeah, there like, you go. <laughs> cinematography. This is a cool category. Nomadland ran away with the critics associations. ASC, American Society of Cinematographers, choice winner BAFTA. Mank, Mank got the got all three. Yes. Uh, News of the World got all three. Guild, choice, BAFTA. Trial of Chicago 7, just the Guild and the choice. Tenant is going to be my fifth, Michael. Hoyt Van Hoytema. I just, this was one of those quality of movie arguments. I, they did so much, many cool things with, with the cinematography. I'm going with Tenant as my fifth, but you could talk me into a lot of different things here. What are your five? Uh, I have the same top four, Mank, Nomadland, News of the World, Trial of Chicago 7, not necessarily in that order. My fifth is Minari. Uh, for the reasons we've talked about, I just think it's going to be have a couple surprise noms along its way. I wouldn't be surprised at Tenant. I wouldn't be surprised at Judas and the Black Messiah. I wouldn't be surprised at One Night in Miami. Uh, I think looking at the American Society for Cinematographers is the smart way to go here. They're actually on quite the hot streak. They've ended up nominating a minimum of four eventual Oscar noms for their Guild's right. top prize in 25 of the past 30 years, including the past 13 straight. Uh, and those five this year were Mank, Nomadland, News of the World, Trial of Chicago 7, and Cherry. So uh, and Cherry kind of crashed the party, yeah. I would say. I, but I haven't watched it yet because it, it kind of fell off and I had too much to do. And, and I, it got mixed reviews. I wanted to watch it. Anyway, we're going to have to watch Cherry, Michael. But uh, it did. It got that fifth nom. Now, Choice went with the Five Bloods, First Cow, Minari, as you said, which made your choice wise. I'm saying that word too much. <laughs> Look at, like this category can go in a lot of different directions. I think if you were picking it, we love Judas and the Black Messiah's cinematography that got a BAFTA. Mauritanian got a BAFTA, and if they're picking up, and I'm thinking noms, of ending things too. We were high I'm on that. I'm thinking of it, yeah, and I'm thinking of ending things. We love the cinematography. That was a Clayton Davis pick. Mm. So those could happen. One Night in Miami would be a historic nomination for Tammy Riker. That's a huge move for the Academy for that branch, and it's a long overdue one. And the cinematography was incredible in One Night in Miami. We talked about it. It was a chamber piece. They're doing a lot of different things, moving that camera. And they're doing a lot of things with the spectacle when in the Acts 1 and 3. So that would be a cool nomination. I just, unfortunately, I think that, uh, you know, the this branch kind of goes with a, a muscular, big-budget pick often. And News of the World and Tenant, just for me, they just, I don't know, they just looked apart. You uh, you've been campaigning all year to have Tenant crash the Oscars party in some way, shape, or form. So it it, it makes my list too, and a, a couple categories I think coming up. I think there's already a couple of debuts there anyway, or first time nom, not debuts, first time noms. So mm-hmm. 
yeah, Hoyt Van Hoytema being the guy who's been nominated before, I went with him. All right. Talk we about have... a technical category that usually gives me frustration. <laughs> Costume design, Michael. Well, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom has become a recent frontrunner, winning the choice, getting a guild and a BAFTA nom. Anne Roth, she's got four noms with one win for the English patient. That's my number one, Mike. After that, like you could make a lot of different arguments. I think Emma and Mank with the Guild, BAFTA, and Choice, I think they're fairly strong nominations here. I think the quality of uh, of those costumes are I'm incredible. I'm with you. It sounds like I'm, those, I would feel like those three are, are, are pretty well settled. I'm a foo-foo man, but looking at all of the crafts, <laughs> look at all the stitching of the Manx costumes, of the Emma costumes, I can't help it. Mark Bridges did the News of the World costumes, and he's got four noms and two wins. He got the choice nomination. Yeah, News of the World confuses me in this category. I, I know it's it's very, been very high on Scott Feinberg's forecast list, too, but it wasn't mm-hmm. even nominated for the Costume Designer Guilds. No. Uh, and it was beaten out in the period film category by One Night in Miami, which was, like, suits. One night in Miami, suits, and yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the suits. But yeah, they were nice suits. They were relatively plain <laughs> shoots by religious minimalists. I mean, I just, I, yeah, I don't understand the costumes there. I mean, they had one night in Miami where they were out a little bit, but all right, look at, I think the Guild went for Mulan and the Choice went for Mulan. Bina Dejolaire never nominated. Maybe she can break in here, but look, I mean, the, the snubs in this category are some big names. Sandy Powell from the Gloria's 15 nominations, three wins. Mm. I mean, iconic costumes for P- Promising Young Woman. It got the Choice nom. The I put Promising history. Young Woman in mine, and they usually don't go, the yeah. Academy usually doesn't go for the iconic costume, but look, again, if Promising Young Woman doesn't carry costume design, what other technical category does it have on its resume as a best picture? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, cinematography's got a chance. Editing's got a chance. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't feel like it's I'm a shoot anywhere. So it probably why. gets one of them. You're yeah. probably right. If it is as strong as we think, we're pro- I'm probably not thinking of my tallies enough, and maybe I should be here for Promising Young Woman. I think there's a satirical edge to the costumes it's very purposeful oh yeah why oh, people yeah. are wearing yeah i mean they're, they're funny they're sick they're sad these costumes mean a lot so yeah i mean if they're looking at as a storytelling device the costumes and promising young woman are pretty awesome i like that pick by you i'm going boring i'm going news of the world in mulan because of resumes like a jerk yeah i but, took uh, mulan but promising young woman was my uh, rounding out the category as opposed to news of the world Look, the Mulan costumes was my favorite thing about Mulan. There's Absolutely. no question. So I, I thought I thought they were excellent. I thought they were amazing. They kind of, you know. So I'm, I'm I am going with it. News of the world again. You put mud on them, but there's still some old west costumes, mm-hmm. old west Texas. I thought it was a hell of a Academy you know, loves job themselves some old garb. That's for sure. And how about Mark Bridges doing Phantom Threads costumes and News of the World's costume? Wow. I, costume design is so underrated, and yet I have no idea what goes on in that branch's head on a year-to-year basis. I am so enraptured and involved in the costume design thought every year, and I just feel like it always frustrates me. Please, somebody take us on <laughs> tours behind the sets of all the wardrobes. Yeah, no, we're getting to that point. We're, and we'll show up in sweatpants right now. But, all right. <laughs> Film editing, Michael. Big question here. Yeah, so is Nomadland strong enough to make history? I mean, Chloe Zhao, look, I know there was the, there's argument as to what Bong Joon-ho actually won last year, but let's say Walt Disney is the only man in history to have won four Oscars on a single night. Chloe Zhao, who is the credited editor on Nomadland, 
could win four this coming Oscars Sunday. I mean, she could. she's up for editing, she's up for adapted screenplay, and obviously directing and best picture. She could be the first woman to ever accomplish the feat. I think it might happen. Well, I think it might happen if it, if it's a runaway. But thus far, we've had Sound of Metal and The Trial of the Chicago 7. They've shared the choice win. They're both nominated at both BAFTA and the Ace Eddies. We, we never go, went over the Ace Eddies for you guys, but uh, that, that broke lately. Nomadland is an Ace Eddie nom, and, and it also got BAFTA. The, the rest of kind of the, the card here, they don't have those three. So uh, those are my big three. My last two are Mank and the Father, Mike. Yeah, Joyce Noms. we share we share the five here again in editing. I, I, yeah, came, I came to the same conclusion. The father I'm a little worried about, but I'm going with Feinberg's pick here. I just, I heard about it. Again, this is the last blind spot for me on the year. I have to watch the father. I'm going like tomorrow. I'm yeah. going tomorrow to see it. So maybe I'll regret this pick, but I, I had to pick the father somewhere else. And I'm going with it here. I'm kind of maybe hedging my bet. Promising Young Woman, BAFTA, makes me want to vote for it. Judas and the Black Messiah, just on preference, makes me want to vote for it. I don't necessarily know if I need to see Backwards Fighting for as long as I saw Backwards Fighting and Tenant. But I like the editing and Tenant. other than those. I'm surprised you didn't sequences. put Tenant in your five for as high as you've been on it all year long. I mean, they do all the reverse stuff. Obviously, you got all that going on. So that's, that's. I don't know if that's VFX credit or editing credit, but that's credit, right? Uh, News of the World had some pitch perfect, big studio editing. Minari got the Ace Eddie. Yeah. So this category, I don't know. I don't feel like I have a good handle on it. I don't know about you. I don't feel like I have a good handle on any of these categories, Michael. I think I've <laughs> made that very clear. Uh, look, all I can say about editing is we know the the tie-in that goes with Best Picture nominees from this. So if if you're tending to balance your noms more towards your Best Picture category as far as Best Picture nominees, I feel like that's a safer play. Well, I didn't take that safer play. I went with... <laughs> The movie that I snubbed in the best picture. Anyway, I make no sense. I didn't even do my tallies, to be honest with you. I kind of had it in yeah, my Yeah, you went all before. resume, and I went, I went, I mean, you're the, it's the smarter way to go is the way you went, I, I think, clearly. We because shall again. see. I mean, this, I mean, there's a whole, I, I almost went like batshit the whole time today because I was like, these precursors are nuts. Yeah. Well, that's why I went with the uh, the way I went, just I'm kind of eschewing precursors. But uh, my rationalization for the makeup and hair category, which was next, is that uh, this branch of the Academy really likes face paint. They Honest really to God. Like face paint. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Moaz, Choice Winner, Bath and Nam, Feels Like the Front Runner-ish, Mank, Choice, Moaz, BAFTA, Hillbilly Elegy, God help me, Choice, Moaz, mm-hmm. BAFTA. Now... I think those are the big three right Agreed. now. I I would be surprised if they didn't get in. I would be happy, I guess, if Hillbilly LG <laughs> didn't get in because maybe that means Glenn Close. Uh, again, I'm trying to protect her, guys. Uh, look, what did you go? What did you do with your last two? Because I'm I'm very curious. I, I gave it to, to Pinocchio. BAFTA, Muaz. I think that's a kid in there. I, I, all right, I have two blind spots. I didn't watch Pinocchio. I haven't I seen Pinocchio. it either. I just know where it showed up, and it Who makes sense. Who the fuck has watched Pinocchio? <laughs> I didn't know that until the BAFTAs came out. I didn't know there was a Pinocchio movie that came out this year, to be honest with you. And we do this, basically, I mean, we do this four, three, four times a week. So Did you glaze over when I went over the short list for the category? <laughs> pretty pretty yeah, much, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we both <laughs> went with Pinocchio because it's all over the Muaz and the BAFTA, and Feinberg's got it, and all right. 
And this is the branch that made Suicide Squad an Oscar winner. It nominated the likes of the Lone Ranger, Mary Queen of Scots, Joker, and Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. They love face paint. I went with, why wouldn't you go with Birds of Prey? You're probably right, but it didn't, <laughs> did, did, wasn't it out of the Muaz? I went all Muaz here. Yeah, and I thought, you're, probably, you're probably safe, yeah. I just, I had so much fun watching Jingle Jangle and all the costumes and all the production designs. I want to say Oscar you could hear You could hear the reasoning for both of us start to slip around this point in the predictions. Slipping, like really slipping. But I, look at, all right, I'm just doing it. Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. I'm using the one argument of the Muaz. And look, the Emma hair was pretty, but no BAFTA. No BAFTA for Emma. How is that possible? If, if the, across the pond, they didn't go with a Jane Austen you know, bunch of hairstyles. I I'm really shocked by that. So yeah, I, I am too. Kept keeping it off my list. I'm I'm just pulling for Ma Rainey's in that because of the history it could make with the uh, the win, the nomination and the win. Uh, original right. score, Michael. So this category seems a little more straightforward in that it's I, I think down to seven maybe. All right, Soul, Globe win, Choice win, Guild winner. We think Soul. Is, is winning this category right now, we hope. Yeah, Soul, Soul's probably the winner, and Mank's definitely here, I would say. Yeah, Mank's got all four. Uh, how do you, how do we not go with Mank at this mm-hmm. point? Choice, Gold, Gold, Guild, BAFTA, I can't even speak words anymore. <laughs> News of the World, it's got all four nominations, yep. showed up everywhere. So those are the big three, I would say. It's hard to pick against them. Now, Minari has the Choice, the BAFTA, and it's a Guild winner in the indie film category film twitter is crazy about that score i picked it i had to pick it too so that's my fourth now fifth i mean you can make the argument for the midnight sky that was my fifth i know it's not yours alexandre desplat yep. choice globe he's been there done that i just want to burn it all down Garance's <laughs> tenant score is not there mike i cannot pick against it it's just so cool it's Come too on, cool academy. for the academy though that, that's literally my reasoning it's too cool for the academy <sighs> I just who's watching the Midnight Sky as much as we think. I, I just think the Midnight Sky is going to fall away. Anyway, I don't think anybody is. I don't. I think it's uh, people will see Desplat's name. That's what I think. Score. Oh, you think it's the short film argument? Yeah, Kobe that's Bryant's exactly what I title. think. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, Ludwig Goransson's a former winner for Black Panther. It's true. So it's true. Anyway, I'm going with the tenant score. I wonder if there's. I wonder if people just don't get it in that category. Maybe, and maybe this is the old, the bunch of old men. You know, listening to opera all day. I hate it. <laughs> God, I can't wait to be an old man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, we'll be listening to Jay-Z all day. We're old. <laughs> but that's a joke from a comedian. I can't even remember his name right now. Anyway, original song, Michael. Okay, so I don't even know who the front runner for this category is. I don't even, I, like, if you told me five movies, yeah. different picks will get in here i don't even know but yeah amazingly i think we have the same five now that i'm looking at it oh my god so all right one night miami speak now leslie odom jr choice win and the globe does that mean anything who knows maybe (laughs) Uh, (laughs) we know the academy likes when the actor sings i i think they like it i think it's a damn good song the more i listen to that song I love it. I mean, is it the same as the Sam Cooke song at the end? Of course not. I mean, it's an all-time anthem. But Speak Now is an incredible song. I I thought it was a worthy, again, crowd-pleasing songs at the end of One Night in Miami. All right. EOC, a.k.a. Scene in Italian, beautiful Italian. Diane Warren, can she finally get her first Oscar winner? We said at the beginning of the year, Mike, will this be the year they just give us what we want? Now we Mm -hmm. don't even want it. 
Glenn Close, <laughs> Diane Warren, of the life ahead, Globe winner. Is that happening? Do you have a I, life ahead I, song? Just, I, just give it to her. <laughs> like, I don't... How many times this poor woman... Like, just... Just give her the Oscar, for the love of God. Leslie Odom's a star. He's going to be back. And, oh, my God. Here that argument comes again. But what if Leslie Odom's the best? All right. Husevic might be the best. Eurovision Song Contest, My Marianne, Will Ferrell. Guild winner. So, the Lyricists and Composers Guild. The fact that there's might be some Academy members right now that may have had to agonize over whether to pick Husevic or Wuhan Flu is exactly the reason I got into this business. that's perfect all right now there's so many anthems do they cannibalize each other i mean there's so many anthems michael anthems that are so important which get the picks i'm picking the ones from the bigger movies i guess at the end of the day hear my voice the trial of chicago seven celeste the globe nom feinberg has it winning right now so maybe he's hearing something i didn't know that Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah from her. I Globe just I choice. think that's just playing the best song. I love that song. I love the melody of that song. I think the lyrics are a little on the nose, but all songs. I thought, well, yeah, and I thought it would come around and have a moment and seize the category. I kind of predicted it to win for for a few months now. I don't. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen, but I would like to at least see it nominated. Especially, I don't know how the Oscars are going to handle this if they're still doing the live performances of the songs uh, for this broadcast with people in yeah. all different places. But I, I mean, if you if that's what they're doing, her is gold on any award show. She's got one of the best live voices in the game. There are huge names in the rest of the shortlist. Huge names. Uh, it was hard to pick against them, but, you know, John Legend, etc. I, I just, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, of course. No, mm-hmm. let me look. The huge name. I can't, I just can't get there. I, I picked the bigger movies at the end of the day. I, I, I'd be happy to see something else cool happen. Uh, All in the fight for the democracy. I thought about picking that song as well, Turntables, but. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm sure we said it at the beginning. Clayton Davis picked it, a rain song from Minari, which is gorgeous. But it's typically the movie that's the song that's kind of very different or green sound of metal, very different acoustic kind of song. Mm-hmm. Like one of those usually gets picked. I almost I put both of those, though, Minari and Sound of Metal, just f- strictly based. And I actually did pick Trial of Chicago 7, basically strictly based on kind of Oscar's puzzle, just filling out the, the card and giving a, a lower card, no, a lower on the card nomination to a, a film I think is going to be a nominations monster. I probably feel least confident about original song right now in terms of my five. Anyway, Ooh. production design. Michael, very confident in this one. Uh-huh. Mank is everywhere. It's Absolutely. Or if it's not going to win, it's top two news of the world everywhere they built the old west they built old west texas they built little old west towns big big huge production probably deserves to be there just Mm -hmm. the set design alone myrini's black bottom choice set designers association ag adg gold derby feinberg and clayton davis all have myrini's black bottom high on their list i think and those are my big three right now for the last two nominations i think you got a lot of possibilities but number one do you have mank news of the world and ma rainey i have mank news of the world and ma rainey yes i do all right so tenant mulan emma midnight sky trial of chicago seven the dig personal I, history I of david Copperfield. in good in good conscience pick trial of chicago seven for this i don't understand it's chicago right they shot <laughs> it's, a, in chicago. it's a bar it's a field and it's a courtroom well, they, yeah they, they they did the set decorating you know, for sure. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm sure a lot went into it. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm not trying. Yeah, I'm not trying to. But like compared well, they, to what else is out there, like compared to Emma, us. I think it's not close. I think they fooled us because all the Italian beef stores that they got out there now, Mike, and the deep dish pizzas and the sausage, you know, I'm hungry. Uh, but all of that that's there now is probably not in the movie. I didn't see any. Otherwise, I would have given that like at least a letter grade higher. Trial of Seven. Look at, I'm going with Tenant and Milan here. I thought the I went with Tenant and the Father. Yeah, I wanted to go with the father. Feinberg went with a BAFTA, just picked it. It's got momentum. It probably wasn't in the guilds. It'd have a better resume otherwise. And it's probably a wise pick. I just, at the end of the day, I just went with the two that I thought were the coolest. Well, and there's there's a history on your side for Christopher. I mean, the Prestige, Dark Knight, Inception, and Dunkirk were also all nominated in this category. He blew up a building. <laughs> he reversed it. And then he blew it up again. I tried giving you the reasonable out. <laughs> how do you not pick that all right uh, if, I, if i if you don't pick tenant i know nothing about production design <laughs> which is probably true all right best sound michael i feel like there are two big ones and after that you could convince me of a lot of things happening sound of metal and news of the world seem to have everything they have the pundits they have the sound editors and the sound mixing guilds they have the bafta yeah i didn't pick news of the world wow yeah, I don't. So, I, I'm trying to remember why I didn't pick it, but I I didn't pick it. I I put Charles Chicago Seven in there. Neighing. There's almost as many cows mooing and neighing and horses. And... <laughs> no, I, right, so so you didn't go with the news of the world. No, I went. I I picked I picked Nomadland, uh, which I was thinking about replacing with Greyhound, but again, Oscars puzzle. I just think Nomadland's going to have such a big night. Uh, I expected it to have maybe a tech or two that people may not think it would pick up sound of metals there i did go with mank which i think is is pretty assured to be there as a nom in the category and yeah. i went with soul as my fifth so i'm mank nomad land sound of metal soul and trial of the chicago seven so actually soul has everything except for clayton davis's uh endorsement on at least his pick anyway uh mank has everything but bafta mm-hmm. and yeah i went with mank as, and soul as well with sound and, and news my fifth I went with Greyhound because it got all the important stuff. So and you don't have Nomadland. I do not have Nomadland. That's oh, probably cool. dumb to pick against anything Nomadland this episode because Nomadland's probably getting a lot. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I, I think I would pick it. It got sound editors, which makes a ton of sense. Uh, I think, uh, or sound mix. Oh, God. Here we go again. <laughs> Anyway, it got one of the guilds, and then Trial of the Chicago 7 got both of the guilds. Yeah, I that's, personally I, think... I am remembering now, looking that up. That's why I picked uh, Chicago 7, even though I, again... Look, the technicals in Chicago 7, maybe they were so good that I didn't even recognize what they were doing. But I, 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 I if I was to explain why they were rated so highly by these guilds, I don't know that I'd be able to do it for Chicago 7. But because they were, that obviously shows that I know nothing, and the guilds are who you should trust, so don't listen to me. I want to pick Chicago Seven sound so badly here because I thought I think it's legitimately one of the most pleasant sound designs I've ever heard of stuff that's probably very unpleasant to listen to in real life. Did well in the riots, yeah. Did well in the courtroom. You're right. Yeah, that would be just untenable for me. Yeah, audibly. Probably a good point. It work. Probably a good point. Anyway, I've been saying it all year, and I'm not going with it now. Just such hypocrisy, Michael. We have <laughs> oh, to Oh, man, this. when that sound category comes out, you're never going to hear the end of it from me. <laughs> <laughs> Visual effects. 
All right, Tenet is the Critics' Choice winner. It got VFX, or VES, I should say. Good God, three-letter acronyms in this category. Dangerous. Feinberg Gold Derby have it high. Mank, a lot of uh, love from the pundits and the guilds and the choice. Midnight Sky, same. Yep, I'm there with those, those three. Those are my big three right now. The one and only Ivan for VFX is my fourth, and it's probably because I just rewatched the trailer for that today. I watched the movie. I, I kind of liked it, but I thought the VFX were stupendous. I mean, it's got like Lion King VFX almost. I have no have input the one... on the one and only Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> do you have it? You don't have <laughs> no, it. No, I do not have it. All right. What's your fifth? Welcome to Chechnya's VFX makes the movie. This is your chance, VFX. If you want to go with something that makes the movie what it should be and makes it a contender. It's only here because of its VFX. Well, could have been, but otherwise. But I, I just thought, to me, the emotional impact of its VFX is just, uh, I, can't, I can't go against it. Okay. I have to pick Welcome to Chechnya. Or, or, follow me, <laughs> Vin Diesel Oscar-nominated movie. He's dead. He's not dead. And then he gets I went, I, went with, I went with Bloodshot and Soul, and I'm going to be honest, Mike, this was the last category that I filled out, and I just couldn't think anymore. And they gave him a couple of two inches on his bicep, bro. Like, that movie was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. The VFX were terrible. But some of the CGI when they're falling down the elevator shaft and it looked just crook. It looked, it didn't mesh. And maybe I need the 4K for it to mesh. Maybe I needed to see it on the big screen and my TV wasn't up to par to make it mesh. But it didn't mesh for me. It was, it was standing out. It was awkward. And that was the same for Mulan. And again, maybe I don't have the tech. Maybe I don't have the tech that stood up to it. But I had, I had visceral reactions against Mulan and Bloodshot. Unfortunately, I'm surprised you don't have Soul in your five. I'm rooting for it to get in. I'm just not understanding why it's here. Like, I don't... Well, we I mean, for, for two schlubs like us who don't know the ins and outs of VFX, we were commenting on, even though it's a cartoon, how amazing the city looked, how amazing the transformations looked. I was using the VFX angle on Soul to try and build its best picture resume, mm-hmm. and it was just working for me at the time. Now that I don't think it's going to get best picture anymore, I'm just, like, bummed. Yeah, I can't and I, wa- I want it to win best picture, for Christ's sake. Yeah. I might get it, and no... All right, last three categories coming around the bend here. Documentary feature, Michael. The big question, why did you do this to yourself this year? What is the definition of insanity again? (laughs) I forgot. Michael, I am picking Time, Welcome to Chechnya, Crip Camp, Collective, and Dick Johnson is Dead. You watched every documentary this year. I I probably watched 80 or 90 overall. I, I watched all 15 of the short list. I, to say that those are my five favorites, it's pretty darn close. Like, I got a couple that are close to that five. Boy State, The Mole Agent, MLK, FBI. But I I'm, I really enjoyed the documentaries this year. I think those are probably my five highest rated. And why I'm going with my five highest rated here, of all places, I'm an idiot. I'm yeah. just an idiot. I'm setting myself up to get hurt so hard again and I know they did. There's going to be gundas and and there's going to be octopi yeah. and there's going to be dogs and truffle hunters <laughs> yeah. and mushrooms in this category. What's going to happen in this category at the end of the day? You just named. Be... You just named a couple of my picks in rattling yeah, off. I don't blame you. I don't blame this. You. This category has so beaten me down over the years that I ended up picking movies 
that have nothing to do with the movies themselves. Like I picked Crip Camp and Collective. Uh, mm-hmm. Collective mainly because Crip Camp because I think it's the best doc of the year, which that's a kiss of death lately. But Collective <laughs> because I think there's been a trend of a documentary feature or an international feature crossing over with another category. Uh, and this Collective would satisfy both of those. Gunda, look, Joaquin Phoenix wore the sweatshirt, all right? <laughs> yeah, he did. I mean, Painter and the Thief is neon. They had a good year last year, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Truffle Hunters. I basically picked names out of a hat for this, for my five. You might not be wrong. I mean, Neon's got Gunda and the... Uh, Painter and the Thief. Painter and the Thief. But, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. This is just one of those categories that I they I can't pick them right. I'm tired of at, them hurting all. me. I'm tired and, of it. And I just want to say what my five are. <laughs> I just want to say my five. And I, I don't think I'm getting a whole episode to say my top five. So I'm just saying my top five now. Oh, and maybe the mole agent. You know, again, I, I bet all in. I might put one of these as my top five at any different moment because I've gone back and forth on this a hundred times. But I think at the end of the day, if I had to pick a top five, I'm picking it. So I'm just, I'm just going to be right, righteously outraged no matter what happens. Time, Chechnya, Crip Camp collective dick johnson is dead i'm just picking it and i will be disappointed there would be nothing more appropriate to sum up this film year for me than if one of the nominees in one of the categories that has caused me the most consternation over the years is just a giant pig (laughs) it's not a bad movie but uh, yeah i really want to watch you watching is what i want that's what i want in life anyway international feature michael this seems to have a front runner, but you never know with this category. And I don't think they give an F about what the precursors. Yeah, they may and not. Same for documentary. They clearly don't give an right. F about precursors. That's why I'm going to be so wrong. Because I pick precursor love, I pick critical favorites. But all right, another round seems to be a nominee here. Yes, I would say that one is the most safe as safe can be in this category. After that, what the hell do you have? I don't know. You know. <laughs> yeah, you've at least watched these. Again, I'm if kind of I, firing look, blind I, here. I don't know how I could predict your five. Like, that would be harder than actually predicting the Oscar five, predicting your five. <laughs> I relied a lot on uh, Feinberg, on you, <laughs> on people who I feel know what they're talking about. All right, so all right, I, I'm picking. I'm no longer here. The DGA first feature. The fact that I can't forget that movie. I know the dancing is incredible. The cinematography is incredible. The craft from Mexico. Cuarón and Del Toro did a huge Netflix featurette making of thing, and I think the Directors Guild watched that and voted uh, De La Parra in there for the first feature category. So I, you know, debuts probably don't get picked a lot in here. I'd be surprised. But that one just has all the street cred now for people that have triumphed in this category before, like Cuaron and Del Toro. I, well, uh, not Del Toro necessarily, but he he graduated. I guess he graduated in one Best Picture. You know. Do you, Do you want to hear the notes I have written down for this category for my picks? <laughs> Go ahead. I said uh, I remember Feinberg being most off about this category last year. So mm-hmm. all I did was take his top two films and then filled in a smattering of others. So what was I am, second? I am a professional. <laughs> <laughs> what was Feinberg's second? Collective. I didn't, I didn't, all right, which so fits my yeah. narrative of being an international feature that crosses over yeah. to other categories. Here's, I do not want documentaries going both. I want them getting one or the other. Mm-hmm. And the fact that 
that that nomination last year just it hurts my brain like when i think about it the audible nightmare that that was hurts my brain honeyland honeyland oh i'm hearing it again the bees the bees nicholas cage all right another round i'm no longer here i don't want to pick a documentary for two even though collective probably has a high enough grade for me i can't do it quo wadis aida i picked I that one because you were very high on it I am very high on it. It's a B plus eighty eight eighty nine. It's a soul crusher, but they don't care. <laughs> they like crushed souls. They have crushed souls, I think. <laughs> All over the BAFTAs, I got to go with it. Uh, after that, I think uh, you're just taking stabs in the dark. I guess you can go with some precursors. I, th- to me, it doesn't make sense. I'm just going to say the su- a Sun might be the best movie in this category. Oh, Full stop. Okay. Full stop. It's on Netflix right now. It's a three-hour family epic. I've reviewed it before with Andrew, with us. I love this movie. It's probably in my top ten on the year. Wow. I want to rewatch it. It's it's in a lot of pundit. Like, critics have caught on to a son, and I do think people are getting into it. I, I hope that it, it that it comes into this category and is, is nominated. Dear Comrades is my fifth, because who the fuck knows why. No, I think, it, <laughs> I think it's a big... I think it's a a big director from Russia who is he's been making movies there. He's a legend, right? Uh, forgive me, I forgot his name, but I just heard his reputation. I was like, wow. And dear comrades, got a BAFTA nom, so I'm going with that one. And it did it did have some major production values, black and white, extremely sad, but also not somewhat rewarding. I would say, which you can't say about a lot of these movies. Most of these movies are just plain old sad. So maybe maybe it actually is somewhat you know sunny side up maybe there so all right dear comrades yeah i have dear comrades too uh i think that was just me borrowing it from you and i put i picked night of the kings just because i feel like that one was the most readily available and readily recognizable uh because it was on netflix for so long well neon again yeah so and night of the kings is fun and it's it's a watch yeah check it out people check it out check out yarona on shutter check out a lot of these movies are a lot of them are very strong this was a international a documentary group that saved me this year I, you know i had trouble with kind of more of the mainstream films and and those two branches a lot of fun stuff all right the last category michael and might it be the easiest one yeah dare this I is say that? this is the lone easy category i think how dare we we're gonna be wrong all right soul wolf walkers onward we, we established those as the big and three ugly dolls ugly dolls in an upset <laughs> The Croods and New Age, which I referenced to my track stars today, they all just like stared at me and like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Over the Moon is my fifth yes, one. That's the five I, think, I have as well. Chalk. I think it came roaring back with the resume. So I think those are the five strongest resumes. But if you told me a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, was here, I wouldn't be shocked. But what would it take the place of? Has to be Over the Moon, right? Has to be Over the Moon. I just, I can't imagine. Netflix not getting something here after after it crushes the Annies with 40 noms. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, they've been doing great with animation. The Willoughbys, Sean the Sheep, for that matter. I, I just, I can't, I'd be really surprised. Yeah, I, I, I have the, uh, the same five with kind of the same reasoning. I can't imagine. I always thought that fifth slot was going to be something Netflix, whether it's Over the Moon or the Willoughbys. All right, so that is 20 categories, Mike, for categories 21, 22, 23. I'm just going to make a couple uh, demands of the short film branches here. Ending on a high note. I demand that a concerto is a conversation is nominated in the documentary short feature. 
you better do this. This movie is glorious. It's on YouTube, folks. New York Times, something. It's on YouTube. A concerto is a conversation. It's 13 minutes. How to cry in 13 minutes, but it's also so rewarding. Watch that movie. The Speed Cubers. I demand that the Speed Cubers is on there. It's a great sports movie. It's 40 minutes, but it's on Netflix. It's about autistic. It's about an autistic kid and the friendships he makes, which just war- will warm your heart. Doing Rubik's cube solving, professional well, uh, speed so- Rubik's cube solving. It's amazing. I-, I love that movie. I also enjoyed a love song for a Latasha or what would Sophia Loren do on Netflix? I have no idea. I've watched those four and of the ten in the category. Animated short, Michael. I demand that if anything happens to you, I love you is nominated. Yeah, that has to be nominated. That has I to be. Th- it's like it's a it has moments mm-hmm. right now. Again on Netflix. I just thought that him how to cry in seven minutes or whatever, (laughs) Jesus, but it's really, really good and interesting animation out out is on Disney plus folks. Just one of the most heartwarming animated movie movies in a long time shorts. I I loved it. Uh, It's a little goofy, but it's fun. Uh, It has a message. Watch out on Disney plus to Gerard is on Peacock. And this is silly and goofy and really terrific. And again, tears in my, Oh, it came down my face. I demand those three, and I probably won't get them, but I demand them. I've seen six of the ten here. Uh, Burrow, Kapamahu, uh, and Yes People. Yes People, there's a lot of Icelandic farting going on, which is, I don't know. I, I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard weirder things. But Here's yeah. your Oscar. Here's your Oscar. Uh, Oscar, what are we doing? What are we talking about? All right, look, I, didn't, I watched two of the live-action shorts. They ruined my life. They ruined my <laughs> afternoons. They're so sad. Oh, I'll just tell you. But B B two and Dai really well made. So sad. Oh, just to my heart. I, I stopped watching the shorts because of those two. I watched them back to back. Just was just devastated for those people. I love. I I thought they were excellent, but I have no idea. Live action short. I I I, I chickened out of watching more. I we will watch these though, Mike. Yes. We'll make a date. And uh, we'll watch as many of these as we can as we go. But my God, what an episode. You will we're, not we're find crazy. somebody who has seen more of the field than my co-host here. And uh, uh, just giving you props, sir, because it was badly needed this year uh, for how much I craziness I had in my personal life and also how beaten down I was from this film year overall. Uh, and yeah, you still watch 200 plus movies. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I was, yeah, I was I mean, around 200. You're no 200. slouch. Right. You're a tremendous slouch. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a tailor-made <laughs> slouch. I'm top of the line as far far as slouches go but uh in in general uh we do this for you guys we try to gather and obtain as much information and present it in a way that uh interests you and informs you and hopefully we were able to do that for you regardless of how right or wrong these predictions may be and we will be doing it on the other side as well as come monday morning these nominations will be out and you will no doubt be hearing from us on the other side as far as oscar nom reactions go but until then as always what matters most to us is your predictions and your thoughts on our predictions as well you can leave us all of those as well as comments questions or concerns on anything else we do here in the mmo empire on our social medias we are mike mike and oscar on facebook and instagram at mm and oscar on twitter mike mike and oscar at gmail.com is our email.com as well and on reddit you can find us on the apple podcast app and if you happen to be listening to us there right now uh if you would be so kind as to tap on our cartoon faces go into the app and leave us a five-star review or leave us a five-star review on any uh podcast 
platform that you happen to be listening to us on. That would truly make our day. Michael, uh, that's what's coming next. You also gave us some words of wisdom before from Lemony Snicket in the Snickers bar. Uh, Do you have anything else to close this mammoth episode out with? Assumptions are terrifying things, (laughs) as is strawberry shortcake. But, Michael, uh, look, we got a lot coming up on our schedule that I, I do want to talk to people about for a second. Cause we've got the nom reactions that are, that's it just kicks off the rest of our programming. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a, a big meeting to square it all away, but we already got some like bona fide guests and some new people that we're really excited to speak with. Um, some people that we've been following and, and fanboying over for, for years. Absolutely. So it's, it's really fun uh, to get some, some industry people that we, we really uh, think the world of coming in here. We don't want to jinx it and, and say who they are yet, but uh, so some some awesome interviews coming of the 15 minute variety as guest spots, some 30 minute variety where the category overviews because we're going to dive deep into at least the main categories of of every Oscar race as we always do over the next few months, and we'll continue to cover the precursors as we have. Uh, we'll cover the award shows as we have. We'll predict. We'll we'll do all the kinds of stuff uh, that we enjoy doing, but we'll also uh, we'll reach out and we'll we'll be social, Mike. During this pandemic, we'll be social and we'll talk to other people. And, 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 and yeah, we're gonna rewatch, but we can actually branch out and let our what wings fly. Anyway, I need to <laughs> I need to talk to more people. I guess I had nowhere to land. To that. That's all right. Yeah, the takeoff was great. Butterflies. The flight was beautiful. Rough landing at the end there. That's that's all right. <laughs> Most of our episodes, yeah. Guys, <laughs> when reality sucks, you can come predict these nominations with us, Real Mike, Mike, and Oscar, trying to make awards season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you very soon. See you.